0: Hey, I'm Ian. I'm James. Welcome to Two Player. This is a podcast about the importance of play in a complicated world.
1: All right, so today we're going to be talking about um, uh, continuing a conversation about ethical gameplay. Uh, falling back on the, the book uh, Beyond Choices, which is from the MIT Game Research Lab. It's by, uh, by the professor and researcher Miguel Sicart, uh, who studies game theories and game design. Um, and today, the video game we're going to be talking about just after uh, in a little bit here is This War of Mine. Before we get into that, though, James, what have you been up to for the last couple of weeks? What have, uh, what have you been playing?
0: Um, I've been playing my, my usual few games of Hearthstone, um, and but I finally got around to diving into the latest iteration of Doom, which is as good as everyone says it is. It's it's not usually my usual type of game, the sort of like the over the top run and gun first person shooter. But man, it's enjoyable. It they really did a good job of making you feel like a supreme badass. And Doom is usually sort of like like Doom three and stuff, like the one with the flashlight and like it was dark and super scary and almost a horror game. Yeah, like
1: you, I we we're talking about this before. Like I remember Doom as being absolutely terrifying. Yeah,
2: me too. Like, I, and, couldn't, and that, that, I
1: couldn't even play it. Exa-
0: yeah, kind of me thing. neither. And that's why I have never been particularly drawn to the series, but I'd heard that this was a very empowering game. So I thought, I'd give it a try. And yeah, sure. Every once in a while, there's like a minor jump scare, but overall it feels like the, the demons and minions of hell are, <laughs> they are the ones in danger. Never you. you. Um, and the, uh,
1: I'll just show you that. I think you can get a little bit closer to your mic here.
0: Okay, great. Cool. On um, yeah. Um, but yeah, the uh, it does an excellent job. The pacing is fantastic. The the levels are really well designed. Um, mm-hmm. I can just sit down, decide I'm gonna play a level. It takes me about an hour, and it's just this self-contained experience. And I feel no real compulsion to keep playing. Like the the story is pretty straightforward. It's basically. You know, right. like go unlock these doors so you can achieve this objective, but that's secondary to just blowing it's up. like I
1: love the the predictable aspect of that. Like it's you know, go for I'm thinking of like Duke nu- Duke Nukem, right? But it's like, you know, find the green key card and once you've found the green key card, you go to the green door and then like it's it's very step one, two, three and you
0: follow it and and Make your way through the dungeon, right? It's exactly the same thing. Like, it, like yeah. to the key cards are the same. The the way that, like, you collect pieces of armor and the the haste power-ups. Like, it's literally a a current, well, I guess it's a couple years old now, but it's a, a literal reboot of that genre-defining game from back in the 90s.
1: Right. Just like a straight-up shoot. It's, does it take place on Mars? Is that yes. right? Yeah, it does. That's amazing. It, Elon Musk.
2: Yeah. <laughs> right
1: i guess despite all the crazy crazy things he said over the last couple of weeks uh maybe he's still our boy to to get us up to mars and fight some demons um this week i have been playing hitman blood money which i think i tried to load it up on a computer ages ago and the computer that i had at the time just was not was not up to the task and so now it's been an absolute pleasure to get back and um and play it um what I, I, I'd been playing Hitman Absolution before that. And I, I know, like, we talked about this, and, and you'd said, like, it doesn't feel like a Hitman game. Like, Absolution doesn't? Absolution yeah, yeah. doesn't. And I get that now because mm-hmm. uh, uh, Blood Money, and I, I played it after playing, I guess, the first like trial run of the newest Hitman game. Um, but Blood Money, um, it's very open format. Right, like you go and uh, you know, like there's a couple right ways to do them, uh, thanks to the internet, <laughs> which is so cheating in this in this genre of game. Like I, I feel dirty if I go online and I, but I do it every time anyway. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I'll do it and then I'll find out, you know what? How could how could I have done that? Um, but just to be dropped in an environment that's totally, totally open and then just kind of like almost like a puzzle, like try to figure it out um, that was really interesting um, the other game that I've been playing this week is called hacknet
0: oh yeah you mentioned that
1: um, and I uh, I love it it's really simple um, it just I'll, I'll show it to you after so you can have a go I'd completely forgotten about it oh uh, it's it's really good um, it's just uh, it, it's simple you start you're at a uh, command prompt interface and it just basically says like, um, "Hello, my name is Bits. If you're reading this, I'm already dead." So it's got it's got sort of that like uh, very compelling, open already mysterious mm-hmm. thing. Um, and what it does though is uh, this computer program, Bits, uh, who presumably was a hacker who died, um, takes you through step by step, and he shows you actual command prompt. Um, you know, how to connect to a third-party computer, how to find the directory in this computer using only command prompt, how to search it, and then how to delete the logs that you've been there, open your, like establish yourself as an administrator of this computer, um, and then how to disconnect remotely from that computer. Um, Then it tells you how to use, you know, a third-party computer as a shell, so that you can, you know, overwhelm a, uh, a firewall or, 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 or a proxy server or something like that and get into more and more computers. And then, um, so it's very, you're very, very much learning as you're doing.
0: Um, so is the whole, like, interface
1: of the game, like, through a command prompt? No. Oh, okay. But, okay. but uh, so what they're doing is they, they have their own user interface, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so essentially, it's like it's not it's not Windows, but what it's doing is it's giving you like a clickable, uh, a okay. clickable interface, yeah, right? Yeah. But what you're doing is um, it is actually getting you to type in commands in the command prompt. So your command it's basically like what Windows would kind of look like, mm-hmm. or whatever. It's not Windows, but um, and then you have a command prompt window uh, open, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so you're doing all your actions in the command prompt, um, and. Without, you know, without getting getting too into spoilers or anything like that, because I do think that um, it's worth playing and it's worth experiencing, um, there is a moment where, unsurprisingly, I guess, like, you, you fall into trouble. Like, you get hacked yourself, and your computer essentially blue screens and then dies. And at that point, like, I, the first time around, I thought I had kind of, like, lost the game and so i was just or i was just like waiting for the next thing but basically your cursor is just command prompt at that point black screen and just like the you know you're flashing like a white line and then so now it's time obviously to use the things that you've learned to Ah. get yourself out of that problem um and then you know it, it takes you further and further down the rabbit hole from there but um that was Real good, and I think that uh, I'll give you a try after. Yeah, no, I would really, continue. really like that. Yeah. Uh, so this week we're talking about um, this war of mine, which was uh, it was published back in 2004 by 11 Bit Studios um, in partnership with War Child, um, which is which is really interesting. James, what were your first impressions on the uh, on the game?
0: Um, first off it's heavy <laughs> it, it's it's a very so bleak. yeah it's a very bleak game yeah. um from the just the you, you start off it's a um it it's essentially like a 2D dollhouse game if you want like i'm trying to think of like, yeah, like how you genre looks, define this uh it looked a lot like
1: um like fallout shelter do you know okay, that, yeah, do you know
0: that yeah, mobile yeah, game, right? Exactly. It kind of had that feel where Yeah, you, but without the room, room oh, it's like room outfitting as opposed to room building. So you're you're essentially right, Yeah, yeah, you're, you're, so you're not building Yeah. Universe. You're you're in this this bombed out shell of a a home or a building in yeah. some war ravaged city um in what appears to be an Eastern Europeanish I looked um, that up. Okay, today, yeah. Actually, so I was curious because yeah. Um,
1: like papers, please. Like, I feel like they didn't want to offend anybody yeah. maybe in a country or so, so. like, you know, it's so bleak actually maybe that if they did call it, um, Bosnia. So it, yeah. was, it was, it was based on, um, the siege of Sarajevo okay. In, okay. Uh, in the Bosnian war, which makes sense. Like all yeah, the characters, definitely. like Marco, Bruno, Arika, um, you know,
0: make sense of the names. Yeah.
1: Anyway, so that's where it's set. But how how did you feel after, after
0: playing for a little while? Like I, like exhausted. It's a tiring game, but at the same time, it it like it's very compelling. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's the same sort of because it's this the process of a day. So throughout the course of the day. You've got mm-hmm. the, the members of your household, and depending on which campaign you start with, you've got three members, you've got four members. Um, and You've got them doing stuff to sort of increase the likelihood that they can survive um, until there's a ceasefire or, or that they're able to get out of the city. So they're doing um, tasks to improve the quality of their shelter. Um, but then as night falls, the game switches over to his other stage which is um the sort of hunter gatherer stage scavenging right yeah and so it is this sort of this one of the and one of the mechanics is that because you've got to send you've got to keep people back to sleep but you need someone to watch stand guard and you need someone out scouting so there's this everyone's always exhausted and under rested and that sort of transfers to you and it gets, because with all, with the, with the emotional weight of the whole tone, yeah, like but then a, you it's start getting really, tired. Well, yeah. And, and, and you're and, like, I want a break. Exactly. <laughs> and then you take a break. And then sometimes like in my case, I just, well, that's what, I, te- that's what I texted definitely. you
1: last week. I was like, I've been playing this game for like four or five hours. Like I'm feeling depressed. Yeah. And that's what you, you you text me back. You're like, just take lots of breaks. Like, like we were like talking each other, like through playing this game. (laughs) Yeah. Um, which was funny. Um, I, I took some notes. Like I, I didn't think I would, I didn't think I would empathize with the characters. Um, and I, I did actually, like I, I started to sort of get into the story. Um, one of the things that I think helped with that is, um, so you're like character selection is basically you've three or four, depending on how many people are in the house. Um, uh, sort of like Polaroid photos. Right. And it's not cartoony. Like it is a photo of somebody and it says, you know, a little, little tagline about them. Like, you know, they're a good cook for example, or, um, something like that. And, and how they're feeling and it's just their picture and they're kind of like, you know, dirty and not looking happy or whatever. And they're basically just staring at you for all the hours that you're playing this game. Um, so I found that that, that was compelling and that helped me empathize with the characters. Um, and it forces you to, and this, I'm going to hop just to the book for a second. So Miguel Sicart talks about something called a wicked problem, which is um, the way he defines it is it's a, it's a problem uh, experienced in, in gameplay or, or uh, puzzles or something like that, where the actors have or the players have incomplete information um, and there's no clear solution um, because there are a lot of different variables with unpredictable outcomes. And this game was like constantly, in many, many different ways, a series of wicked problems. Like during the day, it's, it's resource management. Right. Like you only have uh, enough materials to build like a stove or enough materials to uh, build a bed. Right. And mm-hmm. somebody needs to sleep and somebody needs to eat a meal. And like you, you can only pick one of those two options. Yeah. Right. Um, and you don't know at like at first, like you don't know what the consequences are or maybe how long your character is going to be able to survive being tired or being hungry. Um then at night in the scavenging problem, like you're presented with another wicked problem because, uh, you well you need to. I think it, it's pretty obvious that you like need to go out and scavenge quite early. Like that was was that obvious to you too? Yeah,
0: definitely. Like yeah. it it's set up in such a way that you you run you out of nec- necessary resources yeah. almost immediately, and it becomes very apparent that you've got to find some external source for. Yeah. wood and components and food or else it's gonna be a short game
1: right Ex- exactly and, and so like um, but then it but then it shows you like okay you can go to the garage or you can go to the airport or you can go to this house or whatever and it gives you a little bit of information about which which thing is at each place um, and usually going out it's very dangerous like there could be soldiers um, or not and so by by turn 10, in my first playthrough, uh, I discovered that at, at the garage, which was one of these locations that had materials and food and medicine and things that we needed, um, there was a son who was like happy to trade and his dying father. And I made a choice to uh, kill them, right? And like, I felt honestly like I, I, I did not think there was another course of action that I could take reasonably that would like allow for my survival, um, at least not with like taking on considerable risk and danger and say going to somewhere with like a military outpost. So, uh, I sent one of my characters and I, um, shot and I killed the son and then I shot and I killed the father and I took as much as I could and you can't like, of course your backpack has limited space. So like I can only take a little bit and then the next day when I wanted to go back the game removed that option from the table. Going to the garage was no longer an option um, because it said it was blocked off due to fighting. So again, like just inf- like an infuriating outcome where I feel like I had to make a decision that was like morally reprehensible. Um, and my character feel like they, they feel that too. And then I didn't. I didn't even um, reap the the predicted benefits because of this unpredictable outcome. So
0: aside from you as a player feeling bad about having committed this atrocity, how did that impact gameplay, if at all? So this is this is what I thought was
1: interesting because like the game is depressing already, um, but they've actually built in a mechanic for um, emotional well being into the character's performance. So they need to be um, well-fed and they need to be well-rested. Well, rested. well they, they don't need to be well-rested, but they need to be not very tired and not mm-hmm. very hungry. Um, but they also can't be depressed. Um, and so it goes from sort of like neutral to sad to depressed, right? And so that's a mechanic that like, it, I, I feel like if you... Wanted to play this game like a total psychopath, um, you might again. And I feel like we talked about this with papers or uh, papers, please. I think, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like with your family, yeah. with your family, right? But if you if you wanted to sort of take the emotional part out, um, uh, they took that option off the table, mm-hmm. right? Because the characters actually experience that as a mechanic. So you have to you have to account for that.
0: I like that a lot. Because yeah, me too. They're it's because a lot of games have some element of resource management at their core, whether it's you're managing your HP and your mana or you're managing money and like road infrastructure or what have you. But rarely, especially it, there are no psychological consequences to your characters, usually, and especially right. in these games where there are these really significantly traumatic experiences happening all around you as part of the story. And it's not even really touched on that there might be some implication <laughs> to the, as far as the exposure to these horrible events happening around you. So I really liked that it was yeah. included in uh, this war of mine. Do you
1: think... I mean, do you think that that is... Um Try not to turn this into a leading question because I think it's obvious how how I feel about it. Just even in the in the question, but like particularly in uh, in like male macho culture, mm. right? We focus so much on physical health and well being, yeah, right. And like it's funny that like all of these like strong male avatars that we've been playing for like decades, um, their health meter is purely. The heart, heart to ten, right, and once yeah. you get down to zero, that's it, and that's it's physical damage that yeah. you're that you're incurring. Um, do you think? Do you think we're gonna see this maybe more and more, or do you? I do you agree that it's like? So my question was gonna be like, do
0: you agree that this is yeah. a good thing? And like, I think I know what you're gonna say. You know, I I think that that's that's really. That's really insightful actually and I hadn't quite considered it like that before because I have yeah, I definitely yeah, yeah no. I I have experienced the 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 fatigue associated with playing as the generic badass over and over and over again. and I specifically remember yeah. my like when I finally had the option to play, Mass Effect, and I could play as Femme Chef. I was like, great, right. sign me up. Right. I'm just like, I'm just going to play as default Femme Chef. And I just to like hear a woman's voice and just to like see a woman. So it's not the same dark haired, like crew cut dude yeah. saying the same, same dark and uh, handsome stranger. Yeah. And like, e- e- even though like the dialogue lines were exactly the same as they would have been for male chef, it was just refreshing. But I like the idea that. Mm. Yeah, the re- the resource that we're managing in all these games is just is just physical well being. I and like, are we going to see I, like a, a shift? I, I I think that that's really it's going to be challenging. Um, I think that some 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 developers and designers are already touching on that, like in. Even though, and this is this is a game that Sick Talks references as well, um, Spec Ops The Line, even right. though it's a super generic third-person military shooter, mm-hmm. and again, the resources that you're managing are ammo and health, right. um, it does touch on the psychological uh, aspects of being a warfighter, but not, yeah. not mechanically, just... Tonally, thematically, and narratively, through, through the, yeah, through the narrative, I think yeah. he talks about yeah. that, right? And I, like, I, I started playing the game because I'd heard really good things about it, and I wanted to, to experience what everyone was hyped about. But everyone said the same thing: it's a super generic, oftentimes bland shooter. But this other bit is worth playing it for, right? It is really bland. I, yeah. I haven't returned to it. I'm like, it's. This is something yeah. that I
1: found actually with like w- reading through the book um it's it's a good read, and I think it's like it presented a lot of ideas that i was not I was not exposed to or or at least it gave me some gave me some language that I didn't have before, like wicked problems or the magic circle or um i don't know uh, but um i did I did wonder if maybe. Like he gives the authors a lot of credit right when it comes to designing their narrative and the game and everything and and, and the amount of emotion they put behind their video game design, um, which I think is a good thing like the you know these developers you know that they're all spending like hundreds and hundreds or thousands of hours like um, uh, designing these these experiences or these games um, but I did wonder at times like how much how much was he sort of uh, staring at the painting and uh, interpreting on his own and then adding possibly to the game uh, maybe more meaning than than was originally intended or i don't know i just um, I did wonder that a few times like I know that like i I would agree with everything that he's saying, but in terms of maybe the weights behind you know these are these are big ethical problems and, mm. and this and that like i don't know if the average Well, I would assume the average game gamer maybe doesn't doesn't think about the game that way, or
0: or who knows. Um, Did you do you know Do you know what I mean? Um, I do. I understand what you're saying. I thought that he did a good job of like he included a lot of excerpts from his personal correspondence with other designers and developers. Yeah, and I like I like that that a lot. Actually, like that was one of the the, the sources that he referenced frequently. And it was really interesting to hear the ways in which the designers and developers spoke about their own process and their own products mm-hmm. um, it, to an extent that sort of surprised me, actually, because I didn't think that necessarily there was that much thought in that way going into these games. That was surprising. Like, like, like yeah. that was surprising. And now I feel a little bit bad for not <laughs> think like, cause some yeah. of these games are like, they really are masterpieces and it's very clear that people are pouring, not like it's not just modelers and like people throwing textures on stuff and people like writing code. Like there are people who are crafting an experience totally. and to think that they're not considering the, these, these higher ideas, um, even when stuff's just getting alluded to, cause you can imagine the stuff that gets cut.
1: Oh my God. Like, yeah.
0: I know. And I,
1: I also feel like that must be like totally gut wrenching to somebody oh, who, sure. well, I, I don't know. I feel like it could be right. Like, uh, you leave it on the cutting room floor after, after pouring all of this time and you thought of every conceivable outcome <laughs> or possibility or whatever, and then, and then for like, you know, an editor or somebody to come in and say like, well, we don't think that actually landed or, or you know, yeah. people aren't enjoying this part of your game as much as you, you thought they would. And like, that must, that must really suck. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did want to mention something maybe before, before we take a break. Um, just, just thinking about being clear about um, our our message, I think, in all of this. Like, I think it's just important to mention that, um, there is no right or way, or r- right or wrong way to play or to enjoy a video game, and and I feel like you know if you like the, you might interpret our our podcast as like you know you know you're playing Papers Please, and if 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 you don't get the ethical dimension to this game, or if you don't play it for that reason, then you know f you, buddy, like that's not. I think, it, I just feel like it's important yeah, to mention definitely. that, right? Because I feel that like I was listening to, um, uh, another podcast, actually, um, gamers, gamers with jobs, conference call. It's great. Um, and they did an episode a couple weeks ago about, um, gatekeeping mm. in, in when it comes to video games and, and video, video gamers, like you know, saying like there is a right way or there is a wrong way to enjoy this this video game, or like if you play that video game, then screw you, you're an idiot. Like if you buy anything from EA, you're yeah. you dumb, you know, a hole. Like no, if you want if you want to just go and you really like the mechanics and papers, please, and you want to go and like, you know, sort through the documents as fast, see how fast you can get, uh, you know, do everything, or see how far you can get, and and that's where the pleasure is for you, or if you want to go play this war of mine and go shoot up every town and, and see how far you can push your characters and like, that's your prerogative. Um, Yeah. I just feel like
0: that. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? For, for sure. And because it's, I, yeah, we're not saying that this is the only way to look at and play these games, but it is, it is a lens that I think you can use to look at, other games that you might not usually like, like you might, you might see certain scenarios in some games in a different light. um, If you opt to play them in, in a different way, I feel like I almost said some super pretentious stuff. (laughs) Well, I think like,
1: I think we, I think we both did probably already. And I just, I think that it's important to mention that, that like, it's the reason we're sort of doing this project and the reason we can cut it into chunks like this is that we're just thinking about an idea and then we can like we both play a lot of video games and we can take Mm -hmm. these ideas
0: and we can apply them to, to other games. Yeah. And, and I think that it is, it speaks to the fact that games are serious business. Like it's, I think that it's a very, it's a very powerful medium. And I think Mm -hmm. that, these are the sorts of discussions that have happened with literature and music and cinema for decades. And it's just that now that video gaming has come to the forefront, because as Sikhar points out, like gaming has been around forever. It's just just that now it's literally huge business and it's, it's, it's pervasive um, in this this new format that we're able to take the lens lenses that have been developed, looking at other uh, outlets for creativity and apply it to gaming, which has for a long time, just been looked at as purely entertainment. There are a lot of people who sort of deny the art of um, behind gaming and crafting a game. Right. So, I can understand that there would be some reticence from some people to apply the same lens, Um, and then the pushback from the other side was like, "I just want to have fun, bro." Like exactly, like it's a game. But that's (laughs) and and that's important
1: too, right? I agree. Also, yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, Okay, let's let's take a two minute break and and come right back. Okay, welcome back. Uh, we're talking about uh, ethical decision making and today we're focusing on this war of mine. But before we get back into that, uh, James just had a little bit of a taste with uh, the game I was talking about earlier, Hacknet. Hacknet.
0: Yeah, what yeah. I played about five minutes of it and it's really fun. Oh man. It's good, right? Like, talk about feeling empowered. I was saying how Doom was empowering. Yeah. Hacknet is super empowering because it, like you're actually typing in the commands. Oh yeah, and it's, it's it made me feel like I have actual computer skill.
1: Exactly, <laughs> it it's, it totally does because you're typing into like a command prompt window, like we're like yeah, hey you got,
0: you've got the terminal open and it's <laughs> totally. it, like
1: it makes you feel like a hacker genius.
0: Yeah, it's it's really it's, I'm gonna pick that up for sure.
1: Yeah, awesome, awesome. I, I mean, I got it on sale. It was like two. $2.30. I think regular price, it's, it's around $10. Um, go buy it. <laughs> it's really good. Okay, I got... Uh, so, um, I have a question that you wrote that I'm going to ask you and you're going to answer. All right. Um, question is, weird question. Um, the game is about unfair <laughs> war and unfair war conditions um, for civilian populations. But did you find the
0: game to be fair, or did you find it to be unfair? Um, I thought that, mechanically, like as a game, it was fair to the player. It was um, because we've all been in a situation where we've been playing a game that, rather than being difficult and challenging, is just straight up unfair. And unfair equals unfun. but in this war of mine... I like that. That's a great sound bit. Like, unfair equals unfun. And I think that's... I like it. Yeah. Maybe we come back to that later um, in one of our hot take debates. But, um, you yeah, know, I didn't think the game itself was unfair. It is super challenging. And um, yeah. it, it would have been easy for them to just make it super unfair and just beat you over the head with the fact that being a civilian in a war zone is impossible and unfair. So, but it wouldn't have been nearly as compelling um, because they, they had to make it so that there was some hope and some, 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 some version of progress that you could latch onto as uh, a player. And I, I thought they did a good job of that, even though having said that I didn't, complete the campaign because it was it it just sort of wore me out but not because of the mechanics of the game but just because of the tone the tone yeah i hear that the tone was so
1: dark i mean i i don't know how many hours i have on record maybe four something like that um and that was enough for me to get through it but like after those like i felt every every hour and again not because of the gameplay like i think that the the management and everything it was fun it was just uh it was very difficult subject matter um and uh yeah like uh yeah just just uh, even even just talking about the specifics of it like uh, narratively speaking like there there are some things that i don't even want to talk about i guess like uh, like uh, you know it, it got really really dark like there was one instance of you know, you go scavenging, and and when you do that, you, I resorted to not taking weapons with me. Right, I would just take a tool that would like let me in, because backpack space, is limited. Um, and then you know, like I went to like a military outpost, and there was an instance of, uh, basically sexual violence taking place. Right? Did you see that? I don't think I did see that one. Man, it oh. was, that was brutal because uh you basically like you sneak up to this um, building and there's a soldier and there's a woman and the soldiers forcing the woman outside um, and uh, you know they leave and you can go in and you can loot the room after they're gone but then you go back and like it's brutal like I know that I as a player felt it but like my my character as playing as Bruno he was like oh, you know like uh, wish there was something i could have done and and again like yeah like that's fair like you could i could have gone into that room and i could have tried to you know fight the soldier using only my fists but he had a automatic weapon like Mm -hmm. you know and so yeah like i wasn't
0: yeah yeah, i was just outmatched you know anyway that's heavy yeah so on on that note there are, because of the way the game is structured in in terms of ethical decision-making you, you have to make and the systems that you're operating within, in the daytime, you're dealing with ethical decisions within your party, essentially, within your household, because you essentially have to decide what the sleep schedules are, who gets to eat, and who gets to eat what, because... Like yeah. sometimes like cooked food is more nutritious than raw food yeah, so yeah. so there's that and then there's also yeah the uh, the looting and the raiding at night so you've got these ethical systems of the internal inside the house and the external when you're dealing with others and I guess some of that plays into because you get visitors at your home base yeah. as well how did you find um, did you have different sets of rules for yourself when interacting within your in-group versus those who are outside? Um,
1: like, like did I have a code that I was trying to follow? Essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, so after my first playthrough, right, I I described killing the, the son and his dad. Um, that did not go well. So my, my character came back and they were depressed and then the character left and then um, uh, like abandoned the group and then we only had two and then we got raided and then died shortly thereafter. It didn't work out. And I trace that back basically to making the decision to kill someone, uh, like killing an NPC mm-hmm. in the game um, in order to take their things. That is just not... It didn't seem viable to me, um, because of that mental health, um, uh, mechanic. So, yeah. So the, the principles that I had the second time, um, which actually I was able to make it to day 45 and, uh, you know, survive the war was not to kill anybody. Um, and to focus on making things that would promote, um, mental health and well-being in the house. So you have an option to find a guitar, like find a broken guitar and repair it. Um, You can make a sofa or like a big comfy armchair, Uh, do that. Uh, The first time around I used all the books I could and I burned them or I sold them or Trey, I got rid of them. This time around I kept every book I could find just to keep them in the house. The more that you have, the better. Mental uh, better of a mental state your, your characters will be in. And so that was, that was my guiding principle. Um, I did go and I did steal from a lot of people. Um, and I was also aware the second time around that there would be sort of, uh, there's a narrative that's being constructed. So after my characters died the first time around, they give you basically um, a summary of the events that took place. And I wanted that to be mostly positive. So every time I could help a visitor, um, I did, unless the visitor was suggesting that we go and we steal food or something from someone else. Then I wouldn't do it. Um, so I tried to play as ethically, you know, mm-hmm. like sort of uh, lawful good as you can in that world. And I think that that does involve a little bit of stealing. Like I, d- I, I don't think you could get through it without yeah. without taking it. Well,
0: I, I remember on my most recent attempted playthrough um, that on one of the very first raiding missions, it becomes very apparent that you're quite likely taking resources from a person or a group of people in the exact same situation that you're in. Yeah. Um, and it, it sets a tone yeah. really early and it's good that you feel like, cause you feel that. But the game
1: also knows that. Yeah. So like I did go and steal food and medicine from this old couple. This was in the, the second playthrough. And I came back and my scavenger, Erica was all depressed. She's like, I can't believe I took every, almost everything they had. And then I had this kind of like, Oh crap moment. Cause I went back the next day and it was like an old couple and they were like lying in bed, both dead. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, it's just so heavy-handed, yeah. right?
0: Do you think it would have been more effective or less effective if rather than playing as this sort of this overseer who's controlling the actions of everyone in the house, if you were playing you as one, one of them?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, like I think that I think that as the overseer, like the guiding hand yeah. sort of of this house, like it gives you a good um a good sense that you're like a team and you're all mm. trying to get through it together. And I think for the tone of the game that's that's helpful and like also mechanically like it helps. I think it like it would have been difficult to like build stuff. Like just the mm. game would have to change a lot. Um, but something that I think would, would happen is that like, if you were just controlling one of the characters in the house, you would, you would start looking at your fellow housemates and probably accurately. So as like possible competitors, definitely. Right. Like every now and then, like a fight will break out in the hell you wake up and it's like, it was a bad night. Bruno fought, um, Marco and like, that's because they were stressed out. Um, but I feel like if you're controlling one, um, sort of a natural extension of that would be that like, you're now actually competing for food resources and like sleeping and and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, or you're like drawing straws to actually see who goes out and scavenge like that. That would be really interesting. Um, but I don't know how that would, how that would happen.
0: I feel like that was probably a discussion the developers had (laughs) like probably day one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Do you want to do? Uh, you want to do a debate here? Yeah, sure. Let's do a quick debate. Yeah. All right, great. You have the questions ready? We discussed this earlier, but I've... We got, um, yeah, we got yeah, we got some questions. We got some questions. We got
1: some questions right here. Uh, okay. So the first question. You have a coin?
0: I do. I have a TTC token.
1: That'll do. Are both sides the same on a TTC, TTC I token? I have
0: forgotten. They might be. They might be. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. No, they are actually different. Perfect. Yeah. So, the. The TTC winged logo will be heads. All right. The TTC letters only will be tails.
1: All right. So letters, let's say letters only is in support of. All right. Sounds good. Okay. Um, So statement one, we have video games shouldn't be political. All right. right. And here, flip it right in front of the mic here. That's
0: the winged logo. So you are arguing against. Against that statement. Okay, double negative.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, I'll go first. So, um, I think. Um, only a Sith deals in absolutes, and uh, yeah, I don't think every I don't think every video game should be um political. I have a minute, right? Is that it? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, Here I got, we go. I got you. Gotcha. All right. Um uh, I don't think every video game. Um, is political nor should it be uh, however I think that uh, video games are a really powerful medium and if you know you want to uh, promote empathy or empathetic thinking or you want to give people an idea of the impossibility of situations that are unfair or are impossible um, like wartime strife uh, then why not make a video game that works uh, works like this video game you know they partnered with war child I think that it was anything but subtle. And so if you're looking for subtlety, then that is not, uh, this isn't your game, right? And if you're looking just for a good time and you're looking for fun and you don't wanna think too hard or feel too hard, then this isn't your game. Um, but at the same time, I think that it's a good medium and uh, you know, use it. Well argued, my friend. Help. I should say, I don't think I would be in support of a video game that was just like partisan. There was like, you know, um, vote for the Liberal Party or the Conservative Party or the Republican Party or the Democrat. that, you know, like I, I
0: kind of want to see that to be like what a straight up. Actually, and you know what? Actually, would be, it, that's be a basis for an interesting like election. Yeah. The video game, yeah. You know? Yeah, but because well, there are there are psyops, man, in video games. Like, excuse me while I got my tinfoil hat on, but like, why do you think that there are so many? Like modern warfare, modern warfare games that just glorify yeah, yeah, war and make it seem like the coolest thing, like equating war fighting to being a rock star. Well, that's actually so- the uh, the final extension for
1: Hacknet. Um, is you hack into uh, the voting machines
0: in Ohio and you, you pull it
1: out for Donald Trump.
0: And for that reason alone, like that's why I get politics out of my games, man. When yeah, I. Your time has started. Yeah. Now. When I am playing a video game, I am. I'm trying to be like Houdini. I am an escapist and I want to leave reality behind. I want to adopt this other pair of shoes, turn off my brain, and just. I want to go on a ride. And I, I don't want. I don't want to be thinking about equal rights during my Overwatch matches. I've got uh, I have enough toxicity to deal with without have without having um, political narrative shoved in my face. I I work in in the public sector, so I'm all like I'm very tuned in to politics. And just just let me play, man. I just want to relax. I want to unwind. I I want. I want to have fun. No, no politics in my games, please, man.
1: Yo, man,
0: please, no politics. That was in my game. Not my finest argument. I don't know. It's like <laughs> people like people. People would agree with you. I actually oh, disagree. I, yeah, you know, like I. Anyway,
1: that's not the point.
0: That's though. not the point. I'm it, selling it. We flip I'm the selling coin
1: it. and we we sell the argument. That is the game. Exactly. Um. All right. So, second question is. Um, And I think we debated similar to this before, but this okay. Uh, Games need to be fun in order to qualify as a game. I don't know what that means. Let's go for it.
0: Okay, well, we'll go back to... uh, Sure, I'll take the position. I'm going to side with this, just because I kind of already did earlier in the discussion when I said unfair is unfun. Um, Yeah. And one of the things that SickArt describes um is how important the rules are and how important uh player complicity is and when when something is unfair or when i if it's a bad game it's not going to be fun and um if i'm Oh, the <laughs> there, it is. <laughs> there yeah. it is. The train is off the tracks with 20 seconds left. Um, if it's not fun, I'm not playing. When was when was the last time you? Oh man, <laughs> I I might have to concede this point. But I want I want to hear your you argument. I know, How man. Sorry, man. This? I'm tired. It was a long is day. It it's a Wednesday.
2: Be dunking it's, on me I just, know
0: but it's boom. it's so hard we got to find some stuff that we actually disagree on and maybe yeah <laughs> I think that's it you
1: know this is really a homework problem right <laughs> okay it's like we couldn't think a good question so we just wrote some crap down
0: page <laughs> because it wasn't fun so I didn't it do fun, it
1: so I didn't do it we need to
0: gamify our own podcast exactly uh, did I just like make my own point yeah, I think I just made your point. Yeah. <laughs> so the that that's the sign of an ultimate debater is when you can convince we your opponent to make your, your point opponent. for you.
1: Yeah. Uh, I don't know if there's I I don't know if
0: there's anything to be said.
1: Okay, like games games can games can not be fun. Like there are all kinds of like shitty games like, out there. You know, wait, like I mean, uh,
0: name one. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. No.
0: I, I won't. Um, like, like, what were we just talking like, about for the last 40 minutes? Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> I mean, well, okay, like, uh, it just, I think it depends how you approach it, right? Like, it's, it, it's the idea, like, the notion of fun is subjective. And I think that um, if you're playing a game where you need to, like, take notes during the game, right? I just said um, um, off the podcast that uh, I find that really fun. If I have to like remember remember things and like there's complex instructions and clues and like sort of like the mist-riven thing, you know, like that game could not be fun. It could be oppressive and very confusing and just rage-inducing. Um, or it can be fun if you're into like taking your time and solving a puzzle. Um, this war, this war of mine is um, is I don't want to say it's not fun, like it, because I I did find it fun, but I found it fun in the sense that like we were playing it with very specific things in mind. And so I found it interesting. Um, If I didn't have that to fall back on, then I might find it uh, just too oppressive. Like I I might turn it off within half an hour because I found that it was just wearing me down, you know? So I don't think the games need to be fun. However, they do need to be interesting to some degree. I feel like I always break it down as some sort of technicality, but no, that's I like it. it.
0: I, I don't think the book talked about fun at all. I don't think it did. Which is really interesting um, because. It talks about play. Yeah, because colloquially, we associate fun and play very closely. Um, but we know from experience that, that they don't go hand in hand. Not always. But right? um, yeah, for sure. That, that's an interesting thing to leave out. I think, or maybe it's just because in an academic setting, like they're used to not talking about fun and play. Um, Well, that's I think that like
1: like academically speaking, once you start talking about fun, like fun is really hard to define. I think because it's so subjective. Um, Whereas you can define play, Mm -hmm. right? Play he sort of defines as like identifying right, what yeah, the rules and structures are in the game and then sort of like bending or bouncing up against those rules and mechanics um, or yeah
0: this is a whole I, I'm just having a little mind are you gonna open but, a massive can of worms no I'm gonna I'm, like I'm gonna close it right now because I, I I wanna I'm gonna have a conversation with myself about the idea of having fun Jesus and What's
2: that? What? When was the last time I had fun? Anyway. Oh <laughs> How long have
1: you <laughs> playing the games? <laughs> like, I, I don't even know what fun is anymore. Um, <laughs> when was the last time I had fun? Uh, wow. Uh, okay, I have something that I think might be fun. Uh, and I thought maybe we could do it instead of the review review. Great. Because that's not fun. Just for today. Because that's not fun. Uh, Okay, so we got... Uh, the I, I looked up what the DLCs were called. Okay. Because okay? yeah. like, as if this game wasn't oppressive and depressing enough. Um, holy mother of God, <laughs> the DLCs. Okay, so these are what they are. Uh, I'll read them in order of least depressing to most, okay. most depressing. Okay. Um, one, the War Child Charity DLC, which is basically... A way for you to give a donation to War Child by, okay. by buying sort of an extra thing, and the extra thing is um, you're collecting pieces of like graffiti art that are hidden in the different locations. Okay, um, which is kind of interesting. That's but super it,
0: interesting, it but it's a nice little extra. Like it's especially yeah. for people who've already played the game and they get it and they're like, oh my goodness, like because if yeah. that's not in your consciousness and the fact that War Child was involved in this and their their charity that specifically. Supports children in war-torn uh, countries and situations. So, yeah, uh, that sounds it makes sense. Th- yeah. And like, uh, I
1: actually thought it was a great way for them to fundraise a little bit. Yeah, and um, I like that
0: it's tied to something slightly uplifting like street art. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was nice actually. Yeah.
1: Like I think it's positive, and I think it also makes sense that like you're going as a character and you're like collecting these pieces. Like I can see how that would yeah that would feel really good. And the way that they structured it out was kind of like a. Not quite pay what you can, but, but nice. kind of. Like it was, um, you could either pay uh, $0.99, $1.99, or $19.99. 19, yeah.
0: um, I'm glad that's where we're starting for least depressing. Because that's almost uplifting, That's actually. almost uplifting. Okay, so that's where we are. Okay.
1: All right, next one is called the DLC, The Little Ones. Ooh. Because you know what this needs is more children. Um, to be exposed to an incredibly Depressing Oh my environment god situation. Are there actually so, kids in this? Yeah There's kids Now there's already In the in the game There's one kid already yeah, yeah. right? Right um, And then there's like a woman Sveta Who likes taking care of kids Oh so yeah If you yeah, put them together It's not so bad Because Sveta actually gets A emotional EQ uh, EQ now. Yeah okay like, sure, like, yeah. like a bump Yeah From it um, Like a buff if You want to call it Um Okay, so the tagline for The Little Ones is how far will you go to protect The Little Ones?
0: Whoa. Yeah, man. Like, just like, oh, my God. That actually makes me want to play it, though. Really? Well, here's the thing. Like, here's maybe a topic for another... uh, Actually, for another discussion is the representation of children in games. Because especially in games... That are open world and rated mature and where there's no real checks and balances on the player, like the Grand Theft Auto series. There are no renderings of children. Like, children do not exist in that universe. Right, because to think that they are is friggin'
1: horrible. Exactly,
0: yeah. And that's why they're invincible in the Elder Scrolls games. That's right. Like, like they can't be killed. They can't be killed, yeah. So, to... Which also means that they're, like demons right yeah (laughs) yeah. so this i to have this as a dlc to take it to that next level like oh by the way yeah in in case you didn't come to this conclusion on your own that there are children in these scenarios Mm -hmm. and here is a virtual scenario for you to play through that's really interesting to me
1: and that i mean it makes sense too that it would be Like the game is already harsh enough, but then to like peel back another layer and and show you that which is a reality is uh is accurate but equally and appropriately horrifying. Um, Okay, so the last DLC, which I think is more which I think is more depressing, but Mm. you know you you can be the judge of that is called Father's Promise, and it's a father and his daughter. And that's it. And you're in the Ooh. house. And it's just like, um, I AKA like last of us in real life, yeah. right? Like, oh. um, and it's, and, and it's same thing, right? Like how far would a father go to protect his daughter? What would he do? Yeah. And how vicious do you have to be to protect two people in a house? You know, like I think that, um,
0: yikes. Right. Anyway. Yeah. So here, that's yeah, you just, yeah, yeah, yeah. that, that we yeah, have for whatever reason, I was all about just protect all the children. But then as soon as it becomes just protect one, yeah, then it, I was like, Oh no, I, I could, I could old mother Hubbard it, but I don't think I could do the, the one. Now you one. have one, like I are the stakes higher or are they lower? Like it's,
1: Oh, mm, right. Yeah. So anyway, that I, I went down, I looked at all, all that earlier. Um, and was, was, I think, appropriately horrified by that. So what I did to soothe my nerves was think about fictional DLCs that yeah. also could be related. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you put on your thinking cap and see if you can come up with, uh, with one, or the, one or two of them. If I did, So do I
2: want Here, more depressing or enlightening
1: uh, or uplifting? No, no. I just thought like along exactly the same lines. Okay. Um, so I present to you. This War of Mine, Sophie's Choice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, uh, This War of Mine, Puppies and Russian Roulette. (laughs) Real curveball on that one. Uh, This War of Mine, The Cholera
0: Pack. Oh, yeah, because, yeah, that's one thing that doesn't get touched on. It's just like, oh, 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 by the way, disease everywhere.
1: uh, You have like a water rainwater
0: purifier but it's like that wouldn't yeah no exactly oh yeah yeah that, that's something you can build like right away I'm yeah like, yeah. like well, what because well i guess oh I'm... thank god i have these like brita filters yeah, lying yeah. around like mm. <laughs> yeah but no that's i like is this the too game would so hard
1: well this i don't be too dark and just like not funny at well all, I, I guess i just that... thought it was so depressing we could
0: like <laughs> make, make it more more morbid and like have fun with it well I guess it's I think that just goes to show how well done the game was that they hit that balance to to make it to make the game heavy because the subject matter is heavy to get the player to to empathize Um, in a way that they could connect what's happening in the game to what's happening in the real world, but without it being just throw your hands up in the air, impossible. Like the fact that they don't have disease in there. Because that as soon as that happens, you lose people and there's that disconnect and like the connection to a great organization like World Child, War Child is gonna be lost. Um, that's
1: that's true for it to have like any tangible donation impact like it it needs to have players yeah yeah
0: and and it needed the biggest thing was that people were talking about it like it was very well received it was again one of those really daring games um that yeah and like it it started a conversation and i think that again goes to games and i think that's what Sickhart was talking about in his la- the last chapter of the book about games being a way to to express to express messages that they just don't resonate the same way that books and film do um, mm-hmm. although like books and film are are great but there's just something about having agency in a world within a rule set and that where you're taking, taking on a character and the onus falls on you to make the tough decisions. I I think that that's just so powerful.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's like, if you look at like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a teacher, right? And so, um, you look at it from like an education framework. It's, it's, uh, like a learning by doing, you know, we are much more receptive to messages when we actually do them ourselves. Um, And I think games provide you with an outlet for that, as opposed to the sort of uh, Socratic sit down and listen to me talk and ask questions and this and that. Um, Well, uh, that is actually perfect timing. um, And that's going to do it for us for today. And we will be back in two weeks with a new episode. Later, Blair. Later. Later.